The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Well, I hope you know you're ruining it for the rest of us. What? Santa will never show up while you're awake. Silly guy, don't you know you're supposed to be asleep with visions of sugar plums dancing in your head? You call yourself a wasp. I've been doing this ever since I was a kid. Something magic about Christmas. Never outgrow the memories. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and thank you for joining us on our final episode of Season 2. With me, as always, are my co-host, Brian. Mm, yes, Chris is back in the saddle, isn't he? And John. Mm. Yes, I'm, I'm glad to see the podcast conclude. It's uh, not Boston taste. That's like an English guy. I just shouldn't do a voice. Yeah, that was down on the docks, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> in the harbor. Southie. Southie. <laughs> Sales up. Oh, boy. Everything comes back to the town. Everything comes back. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to the town or Goodwill Hunting. But, Chris, yeah. don't worry. It's not uh, your fault. Yes, but Goodwill Hunting is a far more superior film. <laughs> you are. You know what? You're right in some ways, but wrong in the important ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a character, John. This is the character. <laughs> Brian. All right. This is the character Brian. that gives... It's not your fault. Clams to children. It's oysters, but it's, it's also oysters. not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I, I know. It's not your fault. I know. <laughs> you didn't like that sound. <laughs> We're wrapping up the season by sharing some Christmas episodes that are our personal favorites, but before we dive in, to all of that, though, I'd like to wish my co-hosts a Merry Christmas and uh, see how you're doing this fine Christmas day. Was Santa good to you, boys? Santa's always good to this boy, because despite being the baddest boy in the pod- Christmas <laughs> podcasting world, he still makes a trip around to old crivets. He, <laughs> he, know, he knows why. Well, it's it's Denver, Brian. He had to go to Denver this time. Yes, he did. Did you do? Did you set up mail forwarding with Santa though? I did. Yeah, he understood. Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah, I was, I was worried about that for a second, but I didn't want to remind you because he we're brought adults, me so. one marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and a high in a partridge tree. <laughs> but and a high in a pair of trees. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing good. You excited to to wrap up the season here? Very. I'm stoked. I'm glad we're we're ending on the only ending I appreciate a downer ending. Downer <laughs> ending. Yep. Yes. Gotta gotta have those. I mean, for what this year has been, is there a more appropriate way to end it than with a sad <laughs> Christmas? This is the Empire Strikes Back of Christmas podcasting. Ooh, <laughs> that's. Uh... Something to live up to. <laughs> so that means next season is going to be bad. <laughs> going to need to figure out what the Ewoks are. Oh, no. Um, I think that's going to be pulling significant others in for brief yeah, cameos. Ab- absolutely. that is Because everybody be will love it. Just more of Brian's animals. Just Yeah, exactly yeah. that, too. Girl, girlfriend episode selection. Girlfriend, wife, and 
Fiance. Also, <laughs> uh, episode selection week is Ewok week for sure. <laughs> right, right. Well, we still have a little bit of ways to go before we get to all that. So let's talk about today's episode, our final episode of season two. We're closing it out with my pick of Death Takes a Holiday from the ninth season of MASH. It originally aired on December 15th, 1980, 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Hasn't aged today. Hasn't aged today. I mean... Well, neither is Alan Alda, if you look at him. Yeah. I saw him in Marriage Story last year. Guy's still got it. That man has just old face from the start of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan Alda looked about like... He looked aged here. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Yeah, but his his voice is so youthful. Have we considered that Alan Alda is a pagan god? <laughs> I, I think there's a strong possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. Really into science. <laughs> yeah, he is. If he is a pagan god, what is the type of tree we would need to kill him with? My vote is palm tree because of his Hawaiian shirt and mash. Bamboo because of mash. Uh, oak because he's solid. <laughs> Good save. Yeah. All right, Chris, tell us about Death Comes a Ripping. I will. <laughs> yeah, Death Comes no, a Ripping. No, Death Takes a Holiday. <laughs> you can find this episode on Hulu if you'd like to watch it for yourself, but if you haven't had a chance, here's a little of what happened, and apologies, this is a little bit of a longer summary than I typically like to do, but uh, there's some good details that I think help tie the story together so a christmas truce is on in korea but the supply truck carrying the unit's christmas dinner was hit forcing everyone to chip in food from their personal stashes so they can have a nice party for the foster children they are hosting winchester offers only smoked oysters despite everyone knowing he had recently received several large packages he checks out a jeep and it's revealed that the packages were candy for the foster children that he wishes to give to them as an anonymous christmas present Per an old family tradition. The next day, the kids arrive for the party, but right after, so does a wounded soldier. Margaret, Hawkeye, and BJ begin to operate on him, but they realize his brainstem was destroyed and there is no hope of saving him. BJ makes it their mission to keep him alive until midnight, though, so the soldier's family won't need to associate his death with Christmas. At the party, Winchester sees a soldier eating the chocolate intended for the kids and discovers the manager of the foster home sold the candy on the black market. When Winchester confronts him, he explains that selling the candy allowed him to buy enough food to feed the children for a month, and Winchester feels foolish for giving dessert to children who haven't had a proper meal. In the operating room, the soldier passes just shy of midnight, but Hawkeye takes it upon himself to push the clock forward so the certificate will show he died on December 26th. Upon leaving the operating room, Colonel Potter offers them the last bits of fudge from the party, and they wish each other a Merry Christmas. That wasn't too long at all, Chris. Good work. How nice. Try to keep it nice and succinct, and I am excited to talk about what was a bit of a heavier episode to end things on, but before we do that, we're going to feature one more Christmas podcast before we close out our season, and if you think our podcast is niche, wait until you hear about this one. Today we're hearing from Scott at Holly Jolly Xmasu, a podcast dedicated exclusively to covering Japanese Christmas music. Here's Scott to share some info about his podcast.
Hi, this is Scott from Holly Jolly Xmasu, your podcast destination for Japanese Christmas music. If you like Christmas music and are tired of the same old songs, this is the podcast for you. Join me each month as I explore my collection of Yuletide albums from Japan, featuring everything from city pop to 80s rock, long lost jazz, and psychedelic garage rock. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. It's some of the greatest Christmas music you've never heard. Thanks, Scott, and thanks to all the Christmas podcasters who've worked with us this year. It's been great to share the holiday spirit with all of you. So, how do we feel about death taking a holiday? Not great. Uh, man, as an episode of television, fantastic. As something that made me happy, not good. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not exactly the cheeriest way to spend your Christmas day. I, I don't know, I... I think to your point, John, there's there's a certain timelessness to it, even though this is a 40 year old episode taking place during the Korean War. It's there's I think the themes of it still ring true to a certain extent. Themes about war are going to be pretty, pretty timeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really well shot. <laughs> it's a really well, sh- like really well shot, really well directed, really well performed. It's just in tradition, I can't avoid a fucking dead dad episode on <laughs> of anything. Yeah, it's really interesting. Snuck I mean, it in with a bullet. I, I think between last year and this year, the amount of dead family members we've accumulated. I mean, someone needs to do a body count with what we've done on this podcast because we are <laughs> I just swear you guys stacking them up. For it. You just like look for it to be like, hey man, this was this is the only time John's good on the podcast is when we give him something sad. <laughs> To mope about, and I swear you guys just hunt them the fuck down frequency. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I will say, I mean, the reason I picked this episode is I remember watching it when I was younger. I think I talked about this a little bit in the draft episode where I, you know, kind of, for whatever reason, MASH and Christmas have a little association with me. But the scene that always gets me and just locked into my brain is the scene where Hawkeye goes and walks over to the clock and moves it forward because now you know this is i've seen this episode a couple times now it doesn't quite hit the same way but i think when you don't know that that's coming and you're just like okay shit they've given up they didn't do what they were supposed but that they wanted to do which is keep this guy alive what do they do now and it's just this very simple act of hey we can't control everything but this one small thing we can. I think I've been watching TV for too long, though, because that's kind of exactly what I expected him to do. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought they were gonna get him to the get him to the next day. I don't think that's much solace for the children. My dad did not die directly on Christmas, but I still do not enjoy the season. I was gonna <laughs> ask, like, what's what's worse than? I mean, is it? Uh, nope, I'm not gonna ask the question. Never mind. I'll do it, man. Let's let's play the game. Let's go. Is it Chris- is it any better if the dad dies on December 26th? Like, does that? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> they had like one more good day, <laughs> like, and I guess it's like that news is an instant. It's not, you know, you're not gonna get an email dropped in. Right. Well, I appreciate they don't send emails about that yeah. sort of thing now. Anyway. No, I know, but like things move. Information just moves faster nowadays. Yeah. 
uh, to the people who are responsible for that. <laughs> they had, like, one more good day. I guess the kids got to play with their toys, which is nice for, like, a week. But, yeah, right. the, their dad got shot in the their dad got shot in the back of the head, man. That's well, not a... You know- not a cool memory to have for your childhood. Right. And it's so close to, it's still going to have like a black hole effect on Christmas moving forward. Yeah. Ab- which absolutely. is tough. You know, it doesn't, it's not like you're happy and Christmassy on one day and then next day you just like flip the switch and go, oh, I'm going to be sad because this is the day my dad died. Yeah. My dad was like, I'm like a terrible person, but it's like the the 20th of Christmas time. Like, sure. when he passed away, and it just still is just, like, like my one positive memory, <laughs> as Wisconsin as this is, of that time, is the Packers were playing the Lions, and they were down by a gajillion points, and that was the Aaron Rodgers Hill Mary game, <laughs> was the day after he died. <laughs> so, but, like, I still don't, I didn't remember Christmas being particularly happy, because people wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Oh, yeah. No. Wait, about... My dad died. Your dad or yeah. like okay, not the Packers. They, you like we game. went. We have like family Christmas um, at like my grandma's, and obviously like people want to make sure you're okay because they love you, but you're still just like shut up, right? <laughs> like please let me have a day to not think about this because like after this is over, I have to go back to planning a fucking funeral. <laughs> like uh, the worst. Yeah. So I think those kids are gonna still have that memory, unfortunately. But I appreciate the sentiment of the doctors. Yeah, I think, you know, you get a good example here. This is the, the ninth season of MASH, and you get a, you really see the shift here where, you know, it really started out as a sitcom, and there there's still some jokes in here, and they're, you know, they're pretty pretty soft jokes, I think, for the most part. But you get it moving much more towards this philosophical dramedy than the straight sitcom that it started as and i think Mm -hmm. you have both the a and b plots of this episode demonstrating that and it's interesting too you have the you know you have an a and a b plot but they're pretty even because you know the title obviously takes it's or the title is taken from the b plot because you know that plot doesn't start until almost halfway through the episode but it it really shifts the focus from what is essentially Winchester's story for a majority of the beginning of the episode, and then this kind of takes over while we wrap up the the threads of the anonymous gift giving portion. Mm-hmm. I think that the the gift giving thing too has some very relevant themes to today as well because everyone loves smoked oysters these well days. <laughs> smoked oysters i don't yeah I, I don't know if you ever hear like christmas people do a lot of giving you know churches and different places have the you know the christmas trees where it's like you know you take the name off the tree and you get two or three gifts for someone in need you know there are all these different charitable giving things but then you also have these people who get really bent out of shape when they hear stories of you know parents taking those toys and returning them, uh, you know, to get a, a gift card or, you know, cash back or whatever. And it's like, this episode really demonstrates why you shouldn't get bent out of shape about those things. Because if a person is in need, they, you know, as much as a toy might bring a child some joy, they might also need medicine or food yeah. or, you know, all this Absolutely. other stuff. And so, you know, sometimes you'll see things online where people are like, yeah, make sure you um, 
Sharpie out the barcode on the toy so they can't return. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that, people. It's such like, bullshit. Yeah. Just... And as a as a retail former retail expert, I'd return that toy anyways. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's you not think, stop. You me. think I don't know how to do that? <laughs> like, yeah. We're not we're not dumb because we work retail. <laughs> like, the, don't be don't be the person that gives a gift with conditions too. Yeah. Like that's just one of the shittiest things. I think the things that people, especially once you hit a certain SES in America, really struggle with is, like, a complete lack of understanding for other situations in a lot of ways. And it's just, Mm. like, you really shouldn't... First of all, you should judge nothing that someone does because you have zero concept of their circumstances. Like, you don't... You really don't know why anyone's doing anything, and you're just guessing, and you're your flawed version of empathy isn't like relating it because you'd be like well if i was there i would do this and i would let my kids play with the toys and i would figure out another way to eat God, like a meal stop fucking monday morning quarterbacking yeah you don't know <laughs> you do not know their circumstance right. like you don't know like what the fuck happened in their life shut the fuck up like <laughs> your charity isn't conditional like charity is like an evergreen thing and also stop being weird people about like it must be anonymous if you want to hear a thank you for doing something, hear a thank you for doing something. Right. Like, as long what matters is that they did it. That they, like, went out of their way to do it. I don't care what your personal views on a person doing charity is. Like, shut the fuck up. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. I, think, I think that's what this episode is also really good at kind of emphasizing is, like, no matter what happens after you did the charitable act, like, even if it wasn't your gift wasn't used as you thought it should be or whatever like you still did the act like and you see that kind of like you know you see winchester go through this journey of being very excited to give the gift and and the fact that he wanted to give the gift and do this is still like that's still great like that's still a Mm -hmm. nice thing no matter like what happened after the fact that he wanted to do it and even if it was a little misguided and not really thinking through like oh yeah giving these kids all these candies when they don't have a proper meal like isn't maybe the best idea obviously that's coming from like a place of privilege but, you know, he kind of walks away from the party after confronting the the manager of the foster home and, and realizing, oh, you know, I, I had good intentions, but it didn't really, you know, it maybe wasn't as nice of a gesture as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And then you have Klinger come in at the end and kind of give him just a little, like, pep talk after he's kind of been kind of shit on the entire episode by everyone else in the in the company because they think he's being stingy with what he's offering up to everyone. And, you know, Klinger kind of overheard the conversation and he kind of gives him this reassurance said, Hey, like you've still done good here at the, you know, and and I think that's the kind of reassurance people need is that at the end of the day, like if you're making the effort and the intention behind it is good, that's, that's still a positive thing. Wait, was he, was he kind of in his uh, bunk? looking a little down because he was shit on the entire episode or because he felt shame of how he approached the situation with the manager of the orphanage. I think both. Little column A, little column B. I think probably more so the orphanage, but Yeah. Yeah, I right. think I think more so what I was saying is yeah, I think it's more about how he acted with the guy in the orphanage. But it makes Klinger's gesture more impactful because oh, absolutely. he, you know, he and others were kind of giving him shit the entire episode for being stingy with offering stuff up for the party. 
Well, that's the nice thing about Winchester in this episode. It's that you can still peel back the layers no matter your situation, and you can still have you can still have learning moments, you know. He was really excited to give the gifts as part of his family tradition. And then he had a realization that not every situation is similar and that, you know, maybe he should change his ways a little bit, you know, ask more questions or peel back whatever that family kind of conditioning was growing up. And it was nice to see the gesture of understanding from the rest of the crew that he was doing that and going through that. I think like a kind of like a underrated lesson you could take from it is people like a lot of times, especially when we're in the act of doing good or like attempting to do good is this expectation of perfection from yourself that you're despite your best like intention out, like, cause I have good intentions. I'm going to do this very well. And like, yeah, he had good intentions, and he probably felt really bad about himself that he like his good intentions weren't executed to like their fullest. But just even like if you're trying to do something like mundane, like hey man, I think I've had like I drink a little too much on holidays. I'm gonna have less. If you have ten beers, you had ten beers. Like <laughs> you still had fun with your family. If you're like I'm working on my temper, and you like lose your temper, like shit happens. Like you're not gonna be perfect every day. Dude went went out there with like he's a weird dude, and he went out there with good intentionality, and he did something weird. Mm-hmm. Life is going to find a way to do what life does. <laughs> like, I did enjoy that kind of just the reality of that stuff for everyone in this episode of like, despite how great their intentions are, just you're not going to always get there. You know? Yeah. To use a line written by a terrible person, you know, things happen and like they don't happen for a reason. They just happen. Yeah. So. And I think, I mean, if we want to move over to the the soldier story and BJ. I mean, I think along those lines bj as a character which you don't i think they tried to get and i think if you've watched more of the show you you would get it a little bit better but you know bj is kind of an anomaly because in the show because all these people are over in korea they're they're isolated they're you know the only people they have to interact with are each other and he is a family man like he has a kid and he has a wife back home and you kind of get that in the episode where you know his wife sends him this fudge he's really excited about and then he needs to give it up and he he gets some at the end but i think that's why he fights so hard for this soldier and this family in this episode is because he sees himself in this person and he's like i wouldn't want this happening to my wife and kids so i need to you know, make sure this doesn't happen to someone else. And again, it's just, I think there's this sense of helplessness and inability to control what's happening. He's like, this is maybe one thing I can do. And that's, and that's why I fight so hard. Do you think there's like, the character was like intended to show like internalized fear of that happening to him and his family a little bit? Yeah. That I, storyline. Yeah, I think so for sure. Because I, I think you have, you know, Alan Alda's character is, you know, kind of the everyman, but he's also like a bit of a cad. And so BJ's kind of his contrast where he's like, you know, he, he can still have a good time, but he's not off, you know, chasing nurses or anything because he's still got a family at home. And I think they really try and ground that character around that idea. And so a lot of his motivation is being away from his family and wanting to be back there, but just being stuck in this situation. Yeah, that, I mean, that plot is, as much fun as it was to like kind of talk about the the orphanage plot, I guess, and not fun, 
<laughs> like important, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's important. This is a very special it had weight. TV podcast episode. Season finale, baby. This one's just like hard <laughs> to do. <laughs> like, sure, like I would, I would love to do John pseudoscience corner and be like, if anything happens to your brainstem, you're pretty much instantly dead. <laughs> but like, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> like, Mm-mm. it had succeeded at what it wanted to show. Yeah, I, I think today you would probably have some more critical conversations about extraordinary measures and, you know, why are you prolonging this guy's life for an idea you have about, you know, it's like, maybe that guy's Jewish, well, you know, maybe Christmas isn't going to, you know, I feel like we can make a lot of, like, jokes about, like, what they did, but I think the sweet i don't know if it's sweetness necessarily but the maybe humbleness or the earnestness earnestness is maybe the best way of this episode you know i just don't want to detract from because i think they there are probably problems with that story but i think in the context of the show it all kind of works i think there's something here as well akin to it's a it's a motif and it's a between the lines kind of thing where it's very similar to band of brothers where you see these people just kind of doing whatever they can to help uh each other out and get each other through hard times and because this man has had a fatal injury you know that extends to his family and to a degree that's because of bj's projections of himself and his family and to another degree you know maybe that's an unwritten thing that people in wartime do for one another real hard because we it's unrelatable in a lot of ways for us as like people with really no military background like yeah. obvi- like no military background not even really just zero none. zero yeah zero. And also let's, weird let's this is a 40 <laughs> this this yeah like i had i have just because my i was adopted by older parents i have like family members who are in korea but like i don't really understand their mentality all the time like even yeah. currently like i just don't i don't understand where they're coming from people just thought differently in the 50s than they do when we grew up you know this is like a f- our 20s and like our late teens early 20s were in like the mid like the end of the aughts and then through the 2010s and then theirs is like ju- theirs was the 50s shit was just so different there's just mm-hmm. such lack of information and like in a lot of ways, these were people who had just like signed up for being like, oh, this is like a, I'm going to sign up for being in the military during a peacetime. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. like there's a draft and like there's like a lot of like a lot of these people like weren't asking to be there. So like I'm sure there is some mentality of like you should save them. And I know at a certain point, mm-hmm. Korea becomes a war that not to the extent that Vietnam does, but it like feels unwinnable. Right. Like you're not going to like make the progress you want. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just hard when you're in that situation. And, I, I mean, I, I'm i trying to think of a phrase. Uh, that, you know, we, we talk a lot when we have good episodes that we enjoy and we devolve into, often those are comedies and we devolve into just repeating the bits that we enjoyed and we, we don't have as much to talk about. And, and this is a, it's a similar problem where I, I think this is a pretty good episode, but it's, it's hard to talk about because it's it's not that funny really <laughs> there are, again there are a couple kind of yeah, a couple gags a couple gags a couple wordplay jokes 
but you can tell that's not really the focus of what they were trying to do with this episode is, is not to get any yucks out of anybody. And so what we're left with is talking about something that's pretty heavy and, and difficult to do well while still being executed really well. You know, one of the things that really caught my eye in this episode, you know, John, you were talking about the direction of it and just some of the details in it, one of which was Margaret in her Christmas sweater at the very end, I noticed has it's this white Christmas sweater with like kind of not exactly a wreath, but like some holly or something around the neck. And then right below it is just these couple streaks of red. It's not like she's not covered in blood, but just these little streaks of red that you're like this the weird juxtaposition of like trying to celebrate what is supposed to be a very happy time and dealing with tragedy. I just thought was kind of a beautiful little piece that they had in there. Yeah, I, that's very <laughs> well said. <laughs> Maybe like one of the more de- like interesting detailed parts of it is just like, I guess like the interesting detail of the episode is like you have you have like the party going on at the same time that they're working on this man. Like that's like why they don't get to go to the party. Is that that's because someone because it it did not take a holiday against the episode, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that, and then taking the moment to be like, well, we have to be quiet. There's a party going on next door. When I hear the title, Death Takes a Holiday, to me that sounds like death is taking over the holiday, not death taking a vacation. That's That's a weird way. Look at this 1980s writing. (laughs) It's a weird way to think, Brian. (laughs) Well, I think he's probably actually right. I think he's probably right about the double meaning in the writing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, actually, that's a fair. I hadn't, I hadn't really put that together, but yeah, you're. you're death, death took another soul today. I kind of, I kind of like that. I don't know if, I, I guess I, because my brain is so warped from being an only kid who used to read, only child who used to read a lot of like history books. <laughs> but like, like a story that is always like ever present in Christmas is that one about like World War, the World War One one where everyone stops shooting at each other and like leaves the trenches to like, share their snacks and sing Christmas carols together. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, mm-hmm. an omnipresent story. Yeah. And this episode just, like, runs, like, so juxt to it. Where it's like, <laughs> no, that does not happen. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not going to happen anymore. Like, the world is not that that simple and kind anymore, you know? Well, and I think, I mean, not to bring, to make this a super downer of an episode, but I think this episode is, is kind of a really pertinent in today's Christmas too, because I think you're going to have a lot of people, you know, celebrating Christmas today. And there's some bad, you know, the pandemic's still going on. You know, people are going to have relatives that are dying today. And, you know, a lot of people are not seeing their loved ones today for safety or because they're sick or whatever. And it's kind of this idea that we want to protect the holiday, but you know, life continues on and you can't stop bad stuff from happening as much as you might want to. Yeah. It's a day to continue to be thankful for what you have. You know, call your loved ones, tell them you love them, and, uh, you know, enjoy what you got going on. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if we're being heavy and doing, like, life lesson stuff, like, something I always really hold on Christmas is to be, like, really always remember to be you don't know how many of these you're going to get. <laughs> yep. And uh, 
don't save something for a year. Like, don't, if you want to do that thing, regardless if it's Christmas themed or not, like, do that thing for Christmas. Do that thing for whatever holiday. There is, you get a finite amount of these. And, you know, certainly important to remember that. Hug everyone you can hug. Call everyone you can call. You don't know when you're going to get to do that or not. Yeah, and I would just add to that to be grateful. If you're if you're healthy, if you got a roof over your head, if you got a full belly, if you're getting gifts, if you can see your family this Christmas, just be grateful cuz you know, there's there's so much <laughs> that people aren't able to do and so much that people don't have. If, you know, I think that's the hardest thing to remember. I think especially in a year like this where things have been <laughs> pretty pretty fucking bad it's been a trying year <laughs> yeah it's been a trying year <laughs> and you know let me just let me just say i'm grateful for you guys i'm grateful that we get to do this stupid little podcast it's dumb whatever it's fun <laughs> it's a little reprieve from everything else that's going on in the world and you know i'm grateful that if anyone listens to it and people are and that's and that's great and we appreciate you doing that well chris i love you john i love you too yeah, I, I love you guys. Like, this is a, I've, it sounds very stupid, but the amount of catharsis I take from doing this podcast about a holiday I have unresolved feelings for for, like, <laughs> fucking seven years, I think is, like, putting me in a much healthier place every December. Ooh. So, I'm, okay. I'm, inc- I'm very grateful for it. I'm always grateful to spend time with, you know, as you get older, your friends, like, we all move away. And it's nice that we get a little couple hours every now and again to to hang out and and talk about tv shows like we used to yeah yeah that's 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 what i wanted this podcast to be is you know you remember some good times of just hanging out in dorms watching stupid tv and talking about it and that's what we do here and i think we've done a really good job this year so I'm I'm ready to bring us home let's do some final judgments on our final season two episode are we going to call this a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal? And I'm going to start, and I'm going to start with the preface that we've talked about a lot of things. I'm going to have my rating. I do not want either of you to feel any pressure based on my rating to divert from what your feelings about this episode are. No, I need this. I need this, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call this a Christmas classic. This... Uh, I like this episode a lot. It's a little bit of a more somber Christmas, and I just enjoyed it. I, I like MASH. I like Christmas. It's It gives you some feels. And, you know, I usually have more to say, but I think we've already said a lot in this episode. So I'm going to leave it at that and, and let one of you take the next judgment. I will also call it a Christmas classic, not because of the lessons we learned, but how introspective it was uh, based off everything we've already talked about. Yeah, it's a classic. Aside from like just being generally like a well-done, well-written, s- smart piece of television, it's important to remember these things. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, not everyone probably gets to remember Christmas as fondly as everyone else does. Uh, it's also important to remember that like a lot of people older than us and even some people in our generation had some christmases that i'm sure relating to like wartime stuff that they wish they didn't and it's bright and it's good to be like thankful for those people 
Mm-hmm. It's good to remember people get lost around Christmas. So it is a classic. Not everything. I think I've said it a lot. It's not every media about Christmas needs to be positive. And this is a very good episode, and it's not hokey, and it's not silly. It's just it's just a nice, real, well-written, well, well-performed, well-done episode. So there you have it. Another 15 episodes watched and reviewed. We can't thank you enough for coming on this journey with us. If you listened, left a review, shared this podcast on social media, told a friend about it, we, we really, really do appreciate it. Um, and we've, we've noticed a difference this year. I mean, more people are listening to us than, than listened last year. And that's not something I was sure was going to happen when we decided we were going to do a second season. So that's just meant a lot to see. And, and we hope you continue listening with us we're going to be back we're going to be continuing our bonus episode schedule of publishing new episodes throughout the year on the 25th of each month we're going to come back with season three november of 2021 probably i didn't talk about this with either of you guys before we started i'm just assuming you're on board i'm just assuming you're on board with it (laughs) yeah we're down we're done we're done for it Always down to clap. Yeah. Um, our bonus episodes are going to look a little different this year, but if you want to hear more about what that's going to look like, listen in to our second annual Christmas Cooldown episode on January 25th. If you haven't listened to that before, it's just where we do a little recap of the season, talk about how our holidays went, and uh, just look ahead and see what we want to do uh, as we as we prep for the next season. Uh, In the meantime, if you have any ideas or feedback on what you'd like to hear on this podcast, let us know. Reach out on social media at Yuletide TV, Twitter and Instagram, or email us at YuletideTV at gmail.com with your ideas for episodes you'd like us to watch or themes you'd like us to center our weeks around. We're going to spend the first half of 2021 planning out season three, so this is really the best time to get our attention and uh, really get your ideas in the mix with the ones that we already have. But as it is Christmas Day and you wanted to give us a gift, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That still helps. You'll know, again, as we kind of taper down our release schedule and, and come out a little less frequently in the off season here, it's the best way to stay up to date on, on what we're putting out. You can also check out Holly Jolly X Masu, as we mentioned, and, and really check out all the Christmas podcasts. I mean, if you need a little dose of holiday cheer throughout the year most of these podcasts that we have featured are, are going to continue publishing episodes uh at varying intervals but uh they're out there so check them out support them as well um they've, they've certainly helped us this holiday season and uh are going to continue to be a part uh, of our show and hopefully we'll be a part of theirs as as we move on we won't make you watch anime or justified this time <laughs> no. or except no, we it. won't <laughs> probably not or the town well, maybe the town. Maybe the town. Maybe the town. Yearly yeah. town watch. And Clute. Now that we're on it, let's the Clute, the town, that's it. I was looking at someone had a list of uh if you want to get started in Neo Noir, these are the films you should watch, and Clute was on the list. So Hey Head of the game. Clute's great. Okay. Clute's, well then let's Clute's... throw Clute, the town, and the third man. Third Ooh. man. Third man's a good one, Ooh. yeah. Third that's man a, is yeah, a good, good cut, Brad. Yeah. Good cut. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you for joining us for our second season. I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I'm John. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We're glad you're still alive. Miss you, Louie and Buck. 
Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com. <clears throat> oh, boy. <clears throat> hey, you got it, buddy. It's early. Hey. Just clear that throat. Yep, yep. Take early. a second. Grab a lozenge if you need it. I should have done tea. Should have done some tea this morning. Just Thought about it. brandy. It's Christmas Day. A little brandy. Do we want to do a vocal warm-up, everybody? Ow now, brown cow. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, come all ye faithful, oh, <laughs> joyful <laughs> and triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Eat your heart out, Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. There's your audio for the back of the podcast.